Hopping the red, then I bought it, it's Liddy again. Slide a fifth in the tropic and Liddy again. All of my partners is popping, you know that we Liddy again. All of the fours on college, you know that we Liddy again. They don't wanna see the squad, they don't wanna see the rain. They don't wanna see you in the stars like she going out of space. Liddy again, Liddy again, I got it, we Liddy again. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this one. We got a fantastic guest. Going to talk about an interesting player, someone that my guest is much higher on than I am. But you know what? Those are those are fun episodes. So we're going to bring in Russell Brown. He's a national scout for Cover One. You can follow him on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft. We're going to talk Justin Jones, defensive tackle of NC State. Russ, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Elliot. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. I feel like death, but you know, no days off when you have a draft daily podcast. Got to keep fighting through. Uh, and you know, the Brandon Cooks deal broke like 30 minutes before we recorded this, so we we're having a good conversation beforehand. And you know, you really learn that football never stops. Oh yeah, no, it just never stops, man. It's you know, the the draft is 23 days away, and uh, you know, it, this is crazy. You know, the you never know what the Patriots are doing. They're always like the team that's going to trade back, and then they go out and they get rid of Brandon Cooks, get an extra first round pick. And now it's like, are they moving up to get a quarterback or like a left tackle or something? What are they doing? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's, you, you mentioned 23 days and you know, I'm doing this all day long, all day, every day. And my girlfriend said that she thinks she's more excited for the NFL draft than I am just so that she can get <laughs> me back in terms of uh, being part of her life. So let's jump in and talk uh, about Justin Jones. Let's uh, first give his combine measurements. We're talking about a guy that's six, two and a half, three Oh nine, 81 inch wingspan, 33 and a half arm, 10-inch hands, 5.09 second 40-yard dash, 29-inch vertical jump, 104-inch broad jump, three cone of 7.82 seconds, 24 reps on the bench. None of those numbers are very good. His wingspan's on the 78th percentile, but everything else is uh, lower for interior defensive linemen. And then in terms of production, he played 10 games this past year with 34 tackles, 9.5 for loss, and 3.5 sacks with 8.5 career sacks in his uh I guess he didn't play much his freshman year, so sophomore, junior, and senior year. Russell, when you watch Justin Jones, what gets you so excited about his game? Well, being a former defensive line coach at the high school level, um, I love guys that have proper technique. Why? That makes things easier for me as a coach, and maybe that's why I'm I, I like him so much. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, you know. Maybe I'm I'm doing this whole thing wrong. But a player I liked a couple of years ago was Kawan Short, and one of the top comps on mockdraftable.com as far as like a size weight comparison from the combine. Um, well, Kawan short from his pro day numbers. Um, it is comparable to, uh, Justin Jones. They're very comparable in that aspect. And when you look at Kawan short, he's uh, a player that was six foot two, 299 pounds, uh, similar arm length at 34 inches, uh, 40 yard dash at five Oh five. Um, so very similar in that regard. And Justin Jones is just, he's got that good technique. He plays a, as a three tech. He's got a strong punch, maybe not the fastest guy on the field. As we know, you, you talked about his numbers and the burst isn't all there and explosiveness consistently enough. But like when I watched him down in mobile at the senior bowl, that explosiveness was there. That burst was there at times. And that got me kind of geeked up about him because at six, two, three Oh nine, he was yoked for a guy that was six, two, three Oh nine, like very stout, but he was also like yoked and it, like, not like, you know, um, Bradley Chubb's type of, you know, size and weight and everything else. But like, he was just a, a, a stout guy that I thought played very well. And that technique, I think I can, I could work with at the next level. And that's what makes me, you know, so geeked about him. 
Yeah, I, heard, I mean, I wasn't down at the Senior Bowl, but I read a bunch of stuff and heard a bunch of things, and he was one of the guys that really stood out there, and people thought if he could build off that with a good combine, you'd really start to hear his name rise up draft boards. His combine wasn't anything special. It's also not anything that's going to not get him drafted by any means. It was just pretty average. Uh, the, the couple things that stood out to me that I liked about him was, and you mentioned the technique, and I absolutely agree with you. That That's huge. I think his hands are really good. The couple things I noticed is when... If linemen overextended or had bad technique, he would counter and win those battles a lot, which I liked. And the other mm-hmm. thing is, I thought he had very active hands. Like yeah. uh, he 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 could count. He could do different counter moves. Whether this is in the run game, he can disengage in the run game in the pass game. You know that that hand fighting technique can can create pressure on the inside. Yeah, no, for sure. The active hands, and that's that's a thing that you know I always preached. It was my favorite two letter word as as a former coach. You know, it was active hands, active hands, and you know. That's something that they preach, obviously, at the next level and beyond. And he's a guy, though, you know, while his active hands are great and everything else, you know, there were times that he had had a trouble with disengaging blocks and, and coming off blocks. And it was more so, I think, reading and processing that was something that he struggled with. And I think that's what makes maybe some people so kind of weary about him. And it's the fact that, you know, you see this guy that he has all of these intangibles as far as, okay, he can get off the blocks. He's working his hands and doing all of those things. But then at the same time, he's not getting upfield fast enough. He's not processing the play fast enough. And there was, you know, a specific play against uh, Notre Dame with Quentin Nelson, just absolutely wrecking him on a pull. And it was like, man, that's not something you want to see. And I think there's, there's a lot of coaching involved with him that, you know, to, to take away the hesitation where, he's got to read faster. And I think he can definitely do that. And that's something that you can coach, but like that technique, if you're not getting the basics down, I can't trust you at the next level. And I think as far as the defensive tackles in the, you know, the the second day, the third day of the draft, that technique is something that if I know I can get, I can coach you on the rest. That's very fair. I mean, again, I I think the big difference for us is you probably have them a round or two higher than I do. I have them kind of in the fourth to fifth round range because of that hand Mm -hmm. technique. So I have, I have two questions before we talk about some more of his weaknesses. I, I think you just laid out a few of them. But one, how do you evaluate a prospect when he plays on a, a line, you know, like NC State next to so many good prospects? Because I, yeah. I think that really impacts how good someone's tape looks, the situations they get put in, and, situ- and, and things along that nature. And the other thing is, how do you feel about a defensive tackle that wears number 27? Because to me, that threw me off a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that means he's got a little swagger. And I think, you know, when we were on the field, and as you know, you know, you like Baker Mayfield, you got the headband on today and everything. So, you know, he's got a little swagger. Uh, I don't think he was wearing a headband down in Mobile. But um, overall, he's a guy that while he played with a great defensive line, you know, you had uh, Street, BJ Hill, Bradley Chubb, those are very good guys. But there were times while, you know, those guys were obviously making his life easier he was making their life easier too. And there was, you know, specific plays when I was watching Bradley Chubb, who I wrote about last week in a scouting report. And that's really when I was like, okay, I need to watch Justin Jones like in depth because that's when I like got that first like full good look on him. And I just like kind of fell in love with him. And it was the fact that, you know, he's playing as a three technique and he's going into the B gap and he's taking the guard with him. And as he's taking the guard with him, he's getting into the, the tackle space and, it's allowing a player like Bradley Chubb to twist inside and pressure the quarterback. And now, granted, twisting inside and long sticking into the A gap is something that Bradley Chubb does consistently and very efficiently. 
the reason why he did that was because of a player like Justin Jones, who's able to get through from one gap to the other and take two players with them on a ride to open and, and free up space for a guy like Bradley Chubb. So that was something that I really liked. And it was like, okay, I can utilize him in line stunts. And, and that was something that I, I liked. Yeah, the stunts, I think, is a really good call. Uh, that was one of the things I talked about with Bradley Chubb on the podcast, how good he was in those situations. And you're absolutely right. For him, in order for it to work, Justin Jones needs to take the two guys and then he's, he shoots up the free gap. And um, the other thing that I thought Jones was pretty good at was in contained situations. I thought they, they left him a lot in a couple games I watched containing the quarterback and he he had de- decent angles he didn't over pursue he's shown enough ath- athleticism to kind of cut away quarterbacks running lanes and that's not something you see a ton of defensive tackles able to do i don't know if he's gonna be able to do that against say russell wilson but against <laughs> guys that are you know less not quite on that level in the nfl i think he can contribute there now that's not a reason you draft a defensive tackle but it's it's a nice bonus you mentioned some of his weaknesses earlier but do you have any other concerns with this game i think there's times that he plays a little stiff um again the burst there's times where he's a little bit slow off the ball and in mobile he was extremely explosive and spinning off of of uh, offensive tackles and offensive guards and it was that was like the first look and that was like okay this guy where's this coming from and then you know it falls up at the combine with those poor numbers but again he is a defensive tackle so i think he's playing a little bit tight sometimes he's playing stiff um i think that's something that you can work on getting in, into flexibility and just there's times where, again, I think it's getting the feel for certain blocks because when you're a you know a defensive tackle, you got to deal with reach blocks, double teams, down blocks, uh, traps, and when he's getting double teamed, I think that's something that he really needs to work on because Harrison Phillips he eats those things alive out of Stanford. Justin Jones doesn't really eat them alive. He tries to just rely on his. Uh, 81-inch wingspan that I think is very impressive. He's got big hands at 10 inches, and he's got a strong punch, and I think he relies on that. But then it's, you know, can you split it? Do you drop the shoulder, punch the ground, and keep your feet moving? And there's times that he doesn't. So if he can get better at that or at least being a little bit more consistent, I think you can see a lot more reliable results from him and more consistent results um, overall. Yeah, the first thing I was going to say was consistency because there's a lot of good snaps and there's a lot of bad ones. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he needs to improve his mental processing skills. You know, sometimes he, he's late to react like you've talked about. It's going to be hard for me to add too much more than what you just said because you laid it out perfectly. <laughs> but the other thing I, I think I you, you mentioned as well is Sometimes his first step or, you know, his get off off the line of scrimmage is really slow. Sometimes it looks fantastic. And kind of the question is, do you get the guy from Mobile? Do you get the guy at his peaks or do you get the guy at his valley? And like his his motor is almost a little hot and cold. There are times where he's I've seen him chase a guy 15 yards down the field and make a play. And there are other times where he looks like he gives up on a play fairly easily. So his consistency would be a huge issue for me on top of everything else. And that's why I kind of label him as a rotational defensive lineman because if you kind of rotate him in there and you don't need him to go 110% all the time, it, it, it could help him and really allow him to take advantage of his technique and strength. Yeah, well, and, I, and with that too, I mean, I think he was. I think he was getting asked to do a lot of stuff on that defensive line. There was times that he was dropping back into coverage, which was, which was very odd for me to see of a player of his size to go from a three technique and then drop back as in looking like a Mike linebacker and. You know, if you didn't know any better, if you didn't know that was Justin Jones, you would have thought it was a linebacker because he's wearing 27. But, you know, again, it's it's just I think if you ask him, if you simplify the game down a little bit as far as, OK, you're coming in as a three tech control the B gap, 
maintain leverage and maintain that gap and do your thing. Um, let, let the technique trust, you know, trust the technique, let it play out. I think you can get really positive results out of that. And that's something that if I'm a coach, I'm going to simplify it as much as possible for a defensive tackle because it's a defensive tackle. You know, you're not getting Bradley Chubb with Justin Jones. You're getting Justin Jones and, and you're not getting, you know, Mo Hurst or, or Vita Vea um, either. So, I, and I think that's something that hurts his value a little bit too, when we talk about the defensive tackle class as a whole, because it's, it's a fantastic class um, overall. And it's very, you know, top heavy as far as Hurst, Vita Vea, uh, Vita Vea Taven Bryan. But when you get into that middle round, I think you're getting if you draft them, I think you are getting that value because of the technique um, and the gap control that he can provide. I think everything together with the line stunts and the con- if you can get that consistent burst, it's going to be great. Um, and to further up on the whole, you know, consistent burst part where you um, were saying with it, with that, I think it's with, with his burst. I think you get a guy that is dealing with obviously the mental processing, but he's got to like. F- feel for the blocks that are coming in front of him. And I think that's why the burst is inconsistent because if they're calling that line stunt, he's got to maybe hesitate or spark step into an A gap, into a C gap and feeling that hesitation. So the answer was a lot longer than I wanted it to be, but that's all good information. That's always really helpful. So you mentioned Kawan short earlier. Is that your comp form? And then I normally don't do this, but I'm curious because I know you're high on him. Where would you take him in the draft? Yeah, well, pro comps, I I suck at them first of all, first and foremost, and that's why I, I rarely do them. But when I look at Andrew Brown and when I look at Justin Jones, though, that's like the first player that comes to mind for me. Kawan Short comes to mind for Justin Jones simply because of height, weight, speed, stuff like that. On tape, I see Kawan Short out of Andrew Brown out of Virginia, the defensive tackle. He'll be listed as an edge guy, but he should be a defensive tackle at the next level. Um, but I, I would be comfortable with Justin Jones being comparable to Kawan Short. Um, I was thinking maybe potentially Jarrell Casey, but I think Casey was a little bit more undersized and I thought his hand usage was a lot better um, coming out than Justin Jones. But I think as far as getting the feel for the blocks and splitting double teams and stuff like that, I think that would be probably something similar in the regards that they were inconsistent. Um, but I thought Casey was a much better player overall um, coming out. And if I was taking him in the draft right now, he's 61 on the board. So that's pretty high <laughs> comparing to probably where most people have him. I got him 61, which is with Andrew Brown right behind him. And then BJ Hills right behind that. Um, I still have to watch a couple more defensive tackles. Derek Nadi is also um, right behind Andrew Brown and BJ Hill. But I would think, you know, late second early third round would be right where i take him if he's if he is what you say he is then you're you're probably going to be the right in the right and if he is what i say he is then you know fourth fourth round is we're we're about a round off you know guys kind of once you get those middle rounds it it starts to be like a personal preference kind of thing boards get real close on a bunch of different players but you know some of these guys, when when they go to the NFL, a huge part of their success is what system they go to and what team they go to and so mm-hmm. on and how they're used. Is there a team you'd like to see them go to? And, you know, we're, we're talking about a later round guy or a, a day two, day three guy. So sometimes those are a little harder to project for teams. So maybe a, like a system or do you want to make sure that he's a three tech or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because Matt Patricia, who's the the new Detroit Lions head coach, he's made a statement multiple times, and I, I've used this um, on other podcasts and even on my own podcast. And it's ninety percent of defenses um, don't have a, a base defense anymore. They kind of 
switch to hybrid fronts and, and hybrid calls to fit whatever the offense is running. And, and that's fair. Um, but if I'm running a defense and let's just say I'm running a four, three, I'm plugging them in as a starting three technique for me. Um, but teams that I think that would fit, obviously the teams that have the multiple picks come to mind, you know, you got Cleveland, they've got the first and fourth pick the 33rd and 35th overall pick. I don't think he'll go there, but you know, you talk about 64, um, and then potentially 110. You got Indianapolis. They've got, you know, pick 36, 37, 49, and 67. They could use a ton of depth across the board at offensive line, defensive line. So he'd make a lot of sense there. Buffalo, Kyle Williams is back, but it's probably just another year. And, you know, at pick 65, if they took Justin Jones, you wouldn't hear me complain because they just uh, signed Star Lutelli. Luletti, Lutelli. I'm going to butcher the name. Star. But we'll go with Star. They signed Star, we'll, the former uh, Utah standout. Yeah, tackle. out of Carolina. I, and one thing I always do is butcher names, but uh, they, they signed him, and he'll probably play as a one technique or as a three technique, either or. But if you plugged him in as a one, you bring in Justin Jones, and after a year or so with Sean McDermott, I could see him being a great three technique. So I think Indy, Buffalo would be ideal. Can't sleep on Cleveland again because they got rid of Danny Shelton. Um, and obviously New England, they're adding extra picks and and making some moves, but they could always take a look at a guy like uh, Justin Jones at maybe 63 or pick 95, whatever it may be. Yeah, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I want to see him as a three tech, and you're absolutely right. Uh, most teams don't have base defenses, but you know, typically you will see guys – play a lot of three tech and, and different schemes um if i'm going for a depth kind of area i wouldn't hate to see minnesota i know they got linville joseph and they just signed sheldon richardson and last year they drafted uh Julio johnson out of iowa who's supposed to be pretty good sheldon richardson's only on a one-year contract i think giving jones uh so just some pretty simple snaps year one the vikings like to keep their rookies coming along a little bit slower you could take them at the end of the third round maybe the fourth round depending on where it is and you could give him an opportunity to kind of come along a little bit more slowly and improve the mental side of the game for him yeah no minnesota that'd be a great fit and you know being a, a lions fan of course that would that would happen to me because you know he would go to minnesota or green bay would potentially take him because i feel like every player that i like green bay gets whether it's kenny clark jason spriggs um i'd like to see him in detroit and they end up in green bay jamal williams last year rb4 by the way i like those fits i think minnesota would be a really good fit especially with sheldon richardson on a on a one-year deal and maybe even seattle too i mean they've got a ton of mid-round picks they don't have anything after the first round for a while but um you know they're always looking for for stuff on their defensive line it seems like so he could be a good fit there too yeah absolutely i i, I think he's going to be able to fit on a lot of different teams in the nfl uh, Russell, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. You're, I'm a big fan of your work. You're, you're, you're putting out a ton of content consistently. Why don't you tell the people kind of where they can find you and what you're working on? Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Um, at Russ NFL Draft is where you can find me on Twitter. That's at Russ NFL Draft. Uh, yeah, the content's always there. Um, I'm always posting it on there. If you uh, don't have a Twitter, go to cover1.net, or you can go on your uh, app store, Google Play app store, whatever it is on your uh, smartphones now, and uh, search cover1, and you can actually download the app for free. Um, and we've got everything right there. So you can get the push notifications, and it's it's actually really solid. Uh, the podcast is on there as well. So everything that you need, it's on the app. It's also at cover1.net, and again, at Russ NFL Draft, where you can get bad takes and, and everything else. Guys, make sure you check him out. He's a, he's a must-follow. Uh, you're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Chris. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. Uh, the podcast is now on 
iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Podbean. Guys, as always, we really appreciate listening. Thank you. That's how long I've been on ya.